It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Good evening, and welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. We've got a great one this evening. Our special guest is Dr. Roberta Shaler. She is a relationship uh, coach, uh, psychiatrist. Her website is for relationshiphelp.com. She is located down here in the Southern California area. She's in San Marcos, but she can be reached from anywhere in the world, and she works virtually, as so many of us do these days. We're going to talk about, um, most importantly, a concept that she developed called hijackles and hijackling, which is People who kind of take over relationships, they manipulate, they're kind of toxic, just difficult to deal with. And I think we've all experienced people like that in our day-to-day lives. And we're going to focus on three core areas. We're going to focus on work and love, relationships, and family. And let's just take a quick look at them before we bring Dr. Shaler out here. You know, in work, who hasn't dealt with people who kind of hijack things emotionally and uh, otherwise at work? I come from the world of marketing and advertising, and uh, there's so much politics, everything from how you say hello and what time you show up at a meeting and just the dynamics between different people. And when you work in advertising, which is I have 20 years of that in my background, working on huge global brands, uh, Bacardi, Rum, Stolichnaya Vodka, Chef Boyardee, Pam Cooking Spray, AT&T, KFC, Dr. Pepper. The list goes on and on and on. And one thing happens when you're at an ad agency, there's a lot of insecurity about uh, the ideas and people taking ownership and uh, managing the client. So I, my area has been in account management, who kind of manages the businesses and is to go between between the client's and what they need for their brand and the creatives who develop the ideas. I'm a creative guy myself, but I did not want to get into the creative area in advertising for some reason. I said, I want to I stay on the business side and the management side, and I want to save my psychic energy for creating things of my own. Whether that's a good decision or not, I don't know. Uh, but that's what I did, and I made my way to president of an ad agency, so I guess it worked. Uh, though there were some stumbles along the way, but... My point is the environment in an ad agency because you really, you're not making a widget. You're not making a bottle of vodka. You're not making a pair of jeans. So you, you're, there's a lot of insecurity about ownership. Who has the idea? Who, who, who owns a client relationship? Uh, how secure are you? And because of that, you have a lot of uh, manipulating and a lot of these hijackle type people running around creating um, problems for others. So we're going to get into that. In relationships, a lot of times we get into relationships and we don't know the dynamic of it really until we're deeper into it. And sometimes it's too late. Sometimes we're married when we figured that that out. And I, I guess as uh, we all know, you know, the divorce rate in America is like 50, at least 50%, maybe even higher now. And it goes up as uh, for second marriages, it's way over, it's like 60%. And for third marriages, it's I think 75%. So the more you get married, the more, more the higher the probability that you're going to get divorced, which is kind of ironic in a way, because you probably keep thinking, I'm going to get it right this time. And I hope you do. So relationships, though, a lot of times the dynamic changes in a blink of an eye. And um, when it's just two people, you know, the power struggle could be quick and uh, it could be over pretty soon uh, where one person really takes charge and the other person is not feeling good about the relationship. And then you have family relationships. And in family relationships, 
every family is different, and every family probably uh, feels itself as loving in, in many ways, but also there's some level of dysfunction where uh, you love to get together for Thanksgiving, but you don't want to get together every day uh, after, after a while, after you've grown up. And uh, it's interesting with the dynamics with, between siblings and everybody else, whether it's politics or just lifestyle. And uh, I think we've all, we've all felt the energy exchange. Sometimes it's uh, stressful uh, when we get, have these get-togethers. And so we're going to get into that also. So those are three core areas. This is Guys Guys Radio. It's the place where, where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. So I brought on some relationship experts the last couple of weeks. We have more coming up. I want to bring information out to everybody for people, men and women, who are seeking, seeking more, seeking alternatives, seeking answers beyond the usual, beyond the paycheck, the mortgage payment, picking up your dry cleaning or whatever. And again, as I always say, usually our answers are somewhere inside, but sometimes we need to be tweaked from the outside to help us work our way inside, quiet us down and work our way inside. So I think we're going to have a great show for you. And all I ask is that you listen and consider, and then it's up to you. You could say, hey, guys, guy, um, not buying that, or I like what you're bringing me. Thanks. Bring some more. So every week we're going to bring different types of guests to the show. We'll be here every Wednesday night on KCAA 102.3. 106.5 and 10:50 a.m. here in Southern California, and uh, we're just going to keep bringing you people for you to consider, ideas for you to consider, for consideration, and I think it's going to be great. So thanks so much for listening, and we're going to be back in a few moments with our special guest, Dr. Roberta Shaler. With our special guest, we have Dr. Roberta Shaler, the relationship help doctor. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, and I'm so glad we're having a woman uh, talking about relationships on the show because we've had some healers, we've had some guys and some guy experts. Um, and this is our first uh, uh, lady who is going to come on to the show to really talk about relationships. And I think it's something, particularly nowadays, that guys really need to hear from the other side because I think one of our jobs is to be good listeners these days. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Shaler. And I've been a guest on her show, and she's fantastic. She's a relationship consultant, a mediator, a speaker, and an author. Dr. Roberta Shaler, the relationship help doctor, she provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis. Her mission is to help people stop tolerating abuse. That's a great mission. Even in the even the U.S. Marines have sought her help. <laughs> Dr. Shaler focuses on helping partners, exes, and even adult children of the relentlessly difficult people she calls hijackals. She offers strategies for dealing with constant uncertainty and jaw-dropping behaviors of difficult, toxic people that she calls hijackals. So let's bring her on to Guys Guys Radio right now. Welcome, Dr. Shaler, and thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, it's my pleasure, Robert. So let's get started. I guess uh, the, the question on everybody's mind, and it's the most uh, fascinating area of your work, is this whole notion of uh, hijackals and uh, helping people kind of manage relationships because there's a, there's a lot of toxicity out there. There's a lot of passive aggressiveness. Uh, there's a lot of subtext where people a lot of times don't know how to read other people's behavior. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this area and why it's your sweet spot and really what it's all about. Sure. Well, basically, 
I got into the area of conflict management and I, I was a speaker traveling all over the world speaking about conflict management in organizations and I have my private practice on the side doing uh, couples work which I still do and I do it worldwide because of the wonderful mediums that we have mm-hmm. um, but I started to notice that people were going to Google or and they were putting in behaviors and they were, were not realizing that the internet is not a mental health professional <laughs> it's a, an index so Google would spit back something that had a psychological diagnosis in it and then the person would run with that they'd say oh well now I'm with a narcissist sister, a sociopath, or a borderline, or whatever, and uh, that's just irresponsible, and it doesn't allow you to take responsibility for your part in the relationship, so what I wanted to create and did was a non-clinical term that allowed us to talk about the behaviors, traits, and cycles, patterns of these people, and so the term hijackles was born, and the definition of a hijackle is a person who hijacks a relationship for his or her own purposes, and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. Mm -hmm. So could this include, um, and I have so many questions, like people are sometimes referred to as like energy vampires where you you deal with them and maybe they want your help or something. You end up feeling drained, like where they just throw up their problems on you. And after you speak to them and afterwards, they feel good and you feel like, wow, what happened? I got everything just sucked out of me. That's kind of the same area. Yes, energy vampires have a different kind, not so much the one that you just spoke of, but it could be. Um, but these are the people who are engaging in always having to win in every conversation, right? So I'll, I'll give you a few instances of how you would recognize one. Every time, no matter whether you're talking about where to go to dinner or what you're going to do with your life savings, they have to win. They have to be right and they have to have it their way. They also engage in what we call all or nothing or black and white thinking. So one moment you are the best thing that ever happened to them. And then the next moment, you may not even know why, you're the scum of the earth and unworthy of their attention. And there's no gray area in between. You're either all that or none of that. And so that's very, very hard for a person to deal with because now I think you love me. And now you're telling me nobody would ever love me. Mm -hmm. And it's just turning on a dime, you know, absolutely turning on a dime. Or another thing is their lack of empathy. They can mimic empathy when they really want something, but they don't innately have empathy to care about how you feel or really listen to what you want or need and actually feel any pull to fulfill that or help you with that or even be curious about it. Mm -hmm. And they are always finding fault, so they will always be blaming you for everything, whether that's the weather or the IRS. (laughs) It will be your fault. It now, won't be theirs. So that, that's a great answer. Thank you. Um, so I guess there's kind of three core areas that we deal with when we're dealing with hijackles. Uh, in lo- maybe we can talk about them in relationships, love relationships, uh, work, and family. Could you maybe go into some examples and how, how the three kind of differ? But I was when I was uh, reading and going through your work, 
online and watching the videos, I was thinking about, oh, well, here's somebody who falls into that category from a relationship standpoint. And here's a family member that pulls that stuff on me. And then here's some work situations I've been through that have had these exact same uh, symptoms, experiences, et cetera. I wish I would have known what I know now after uh, uh, absorbing your work. But for the benefit of our audience, could you talk a little bit about those three types of examples? Sure. And in a primary relationship, in a love relationship, what they believe is that they absolutely cannot live without what we call supply. So you're supposed to be the good person. You're supposed to be the one that does everything that they want. You're supposed to be the one that loves them unconditionally while they treat you terribly. And so it's very confusing to be with them, but they choose people who will jump through those hoops because what they do to you is in the beginning they're a chameleon they seem to be the most wonderful person you ever met and you get hooked on that and then as they start to behave badly which they will you are so hooked on that beginning on that who you believe them to be that you keep rationalizing and making excuses for their poor behavior and you stop and you don't stop and see that this person is now constantly behaving in a different way. And you're hooked on that hope that that mm-hmm. first person will return. So in the relationship, it's going to be all one-sided. And they're going to give you little moments of brightness to keep you hooked on hope. But basically, they're going to be degrading and demeaning and belittling and downputting. And they really, truly don't care that much about you. They care that you're there to give them supply. But they don't care about you. And they're certainly not interested in your feelings unless they can use them as vulnerabilities to manipulate you later. Is this something that people uh, do on purpose? Or is it, are they subconsciously or consciously aware of their behavior or this is just how they roll and it comes from whatever their background and experiences were? Great question. It's how they roll. It's something that happened to them usually in the first two years of their life. And so this is how they learned to stay safe, to be taken care of, to not be fearful. They probably had a hijackal parent. Or they had some significant trauma that allowed them to feel that this was the only way to behave in the world. Nobody's going to have dominion over me, so I am going to have dominion over everyone else. So, no. Um, When we're talking about personality disorders, actually talking about them, of the major kinds of, of personality disorders, for instance, narcissists, are not born, they're made, they're made by their environment. Same thing with antisocials, but that the psychopath is born that way. They have different wiring. So when we put ourselves, not by our choice, but when we come into a family where there is that level of dysfunction, whether it's diagnosable or not, it's still happening. That's how people treat you as a child. It is highly likely one of two things will happen. Either you will become like the pattern that is being Mm -hmm. shown to you, or you'll become what I call hijackal bait, which is that you have become so compliant to the hijackal parent that now you think that that's the only way to be. So you are very attractive to hijackals when it's your turn to date. I have a five-year-old and um, doing my best. How can I avoid being uh, a hijackal parent? Number one thing 
is to validate the child for their feelings and who they are, not only for what they do. Because what a hijackal parent will do is only care how the child makes them look good. So they'll put them in all kinds of activities and then be very annoyed if they don't do well because it didn't make them look good. So we want to have a, of course we're proud of our children when they do something lovely, but much more important is to be interested in them. How are you feeling? What's up? What made you feel that way? Oh, how did that happen? Oh, that must not be very nice. Teach them empathy and take time with them. Lots of time with them to just know that being with them is a pleasure because a hijackal parent tells you you're too much trouble. You're not good enough. You are not worth my time. You are not worth my interest. Where a good parent says, I love you because you take up space and draw breath. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to love you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be permissive. I'm not going to allow you to become a dysfunctional human being. But I'm interested in you and I love you and I'm going to demonstrate that. And all we have to do is be sitting here talking and looking at each other's eyes and bonding. And I'm interested in you. That's the difference. A hijackal parent would never do that. A lot of times I I have a sibling who um, I find, and you you talk about this term, and I think a lot of people really don't understand what it is, and that's being passive aggressive. Um, and a sibling doesn't really want to deal too much with me, uh, yet doesn't have a choice because we have a relatively small family. I've pretty much just said, "What's is there an issue?" and I don't really get an answer. So now I I'm I found myself for like a decade walking on eggshells when dealing with this family member, and it's very uncomfortable. I think that might be a situation where other people can relate to. What, what's your feelings sure. about that? Well, I've written two books on passive aggression, <laughs> um, and I want to say this clearly. Passive-aggressive people are not necessarily hijackals, but okay. all hijackals are passive-aggressive. Got it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because passive-aggression is what happens when a person doesn't know what to do with conflict, doesn't feel comfortable with conflict. So they will, on on the Mm -hmm. face of things, they will nod and say yes and okay and everything, and then won't do anything about it. They knew when they were saying yes that they weren't going to do anything, but they don't, they're conflict adverse, so they don't want to speak up. They're not assertive in the moment. Mm -hmm. So because they can't be assertive in the moment, They're afraid they would be aggressive sometimes. So what they do is they hide both assertion and aggression by becoming passive aggressive. Aggressive. So those are the people who will procrastinate. They'll they'll forget to do things. They'll forget you said things. They didn't forget, but they Mm -hmm. say you did. Um, Because they don't want to have the conflict. And so they're very unreliable. And you have to learn about those. Like I have one book. It's called Stop That's Crazy Making. How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game. Because it is that way. You know, I've written 16 books, Robert. And mm-hmm. and two of them are on passive aggression because we really need to understand how to manage it. Now, if it's passive aggression within a hijackle, whole different ball game. But it is something that we need to know, that passive-aggressive behavior is a standalone. Let me skew this back towards relationships again, because I I think 
what happens frequently, and correct me if I'm wrong, doctor, is that a lot of times in relationships, one of the partners is dissatisfied and doesn't really say enough about it, or they think they've been heard where they haven't been heard. And it's probably a combination of one partner not listening very well and the other person not making it clear that this is a really important issue that we have to you know address and then ultimately and i think a lot of it happens with i think women a lot of times um dump guys and when they do that it's because that they feel that they have been communicating what some of the issues are in the relationship and the guy hasn't heard them and yet it comes to the guy as a complete surprise. And then many times the woman will say, well, I know afterwards, I, I guess you, you're really not a mind reader. So I probably should have said more. I've heard this story. I've been there and I've heard the story repeatedly. Can you uh, help us out with that? Sure. Um, there's a distinction between communication and communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can believe that you communicated because you spoke. But communicating, actual communicating, means that you hang into a conversation long enough to be sure the other person heard what you had to say and is clear about it. But we tend to have kind of um, hit and run conversations. You say something, but you don't stop to see if the other person heard you and really got the intent of what you're saying. And so particularly in primary relationships where you're with the people a lot of the time, it's very important to learn to be communicating, not just to have communication. You know, a communication is a memo, <laughs> but but Text to truly, yeah, yeah, to truly be communicating, you have to have back and forth until the issue is clear. And many of us don't take that time. And you were talking about the male-female thing. Well, men tend to be much less verbal than women. Mm-hmm. And so they do tend to not listen as much as they could because they think you should already be done by now. <laughs> um, and it's very important. Like, women will talk at length. They will gnaw on something and get all the feelings and thoughts out. Right, exactly. Where a man is more l- l- sequential, logical, linear, like lead me from here to here to here and I'll get it and do it in the sh- shortest number of words possible. <laughs> And so this is where we both as men and women have to really learn this. And often when I'm working with couples, this is a primary issue. So you brought up something really perfect to talk about because the man thinks something has already been resolved and the woman has just started to talk about the issue, right? Mm -hmm. And so women need to be more concise and recognize when their partner is not listening and men need to listen with more curiosity and full attention and then be able to ask a question that will help them get to the answer quicker. It seems like uh, a lot of men, the way they roll is that they assume that if they have an issue, and correct me because you've talked to many couples, guys will, if they don't say anything, they assume everything's okay. And from their perspective, on their side, everything's okay with them. When they have an issue, they bring it up, they want to talk about it, and then they make a determination afterwards, okay, was that satisfactory or not? Did we solve that? And then they basically move on. That's not the same way that women um, communicate. 
Well, that's true. And there's a basic flaw just in what you said, because men should never assume. Exactly. No one should ever <laughs> assume, you know. Um, and so that that's a basic issue right there. You need to take that extra step to clarify. When you do that, when, when a man shows interest in a woman by actually listening and asking her questions, that is a gift to the relationship. To not just be a passive listener and say, okay, got it, mm-hmm, uh-huh, okay. Because we don't feel like you're listening. You need to say words. <laughs> you know, say, say words that, oh, how long have you felt that way? Oh, I didn't know that. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. You know, demonstrate your interest by being verbal and making eye contact. Mm-hmm. And then you can know whether or not she has come to a conclusion and has not just stopped to take a breath. <laughs> okay. Right? Let's, it, but let's, 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 let's talk about that point because sometimes when uh, you, we, a man and a, a woman get, get in that conversation, the man will think it's over and then they'll go, they say, well, this is how I feel about that and this is my perspective and yes, I've heard you. And then... Maybe they disagree, and the discussion doesn't seem to end. And at a certain point, men become um, emotionally exhausted, and they're like, "I don't know what else to say. Like, how many ways can I say the same thing?" Or, and then the, the woman, a lot of times, wants to keep talking about it, and it gets to be a frustrating situation for both parties. I'm not pointing a finger at either of them, but they're just they because of their differences in how they communicate. They, it, it, you know, you want to get to a closure point that both people feel like either we're taking a break on this topic or we disagree or, you know, that's it or something. But it, sometimes it's hard to wind down the conversation uh, because it becomes very draining on, on both people. Yes. And the woman is going to want to talk her feelings out, which is why the conversation is not over. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're generalizing terribly. I yes, mean, there, there are people who have, yeah. have certainly solved their communication issues and, and things are working. But that's usually because they worked with someone like me who's mm-hmm. helped them do that. But the woman is not finished talking about her feelings, and the guy thinks that he's already got the solution, so why are we still talking about the feelings? And so we need to recognize that difference between men and women. Women are much more global. They're going to talk all the way around something, fill in all the possible colors, (laughs) and the man wants to go straight through the issue, like, let's get to to the finale here. Let's solve this. And so... We have to recognize those differences and be able to do this, which is to get wise enough and skilled enough to be able to pull back and say, hey, I think we're, I think I got it. I think I understand. Here's what I understand and say what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I got it. And when the fellow can say I, and enumerate, okay, these are the things that we've agreed on. These are the things you want and this is how you feel. And I'm, I think the conversation's over. When you can actually pull back and summarize what you got and say that to a woman, she can then relax. And when she mm. relaxes, she won't have to talk about it anymore. That's fantastic. Uh, guys, I hope that my listeners are listening to this because this is something we need to learn and we have to do a better job of it, particularly nowadays. Um, let's talk a little bit more about um, relationships and then we'll move. To, I want to move to the work situations also because everybody deals with the hijackles at work. 
Um, but on, on the relationship standpoint, what else uh, do people need to know about uh, making sure uh, that uh, they're not being a hijackal, um, that they know how to resolve their issues, that they're listening, and uh, that they're doing everything they can? Because nowadays you have... Uh, you know, men, um, their roles are a little less defined as they were in the past. You've got Me Too, which has dialed up the pressure. A lot of guys feel like, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. And I tell them all, just listen, because there's been 6,000 years of bad behavior in a patriarchal society. And, you know, we have to, you know, just listen now. This is not the time to get upset or anything like that. Just just listen. Even if you you personally are a good guy, it doesn't matter. Just represent and listen. And then you've got things like this, uh, the Gillette ad came out and um, a lot of uh, two to one, the men responded negatively to it. And the message is a really good one. And I think it, what's curious is that um, I, I don't like the ad because it's an ad. I think Gillette should set up a men's foundation and do something on an ongoing basis and not start wagging their finger at their consumer just because they know that millennials aren't buying razor blades as much. It's a whole different thing. So I don't want to be preached to while I'm being sold razor blades. But I love the message, and I would love it in another forum, Gillette. But a lot of guys are just taking it as, no, I don't want to hear this. And and there's also this potential whitewashing of, like, men are bad, toxic masculinity, which is like, you know, that you, you never heard the term toxic, femi toxic femininity, and it, it would be completely wrong. So a lot of guys are like, what, what's going on here with us? What can men do? I know I threw a lot at you, but can you just unpack all of this? Oh, wow. How long do you have? Uh <laughs> Take your time. You're the expert. Well, we want to learn. Well, you know, what? what's changing in our society, just as you were mentioning, is that there's a blurring of the lines. And when there's a blurring of the lines, there's a tendency to go overboard, you know, to to um, switch way too far to the other side. So we have to mediate. We have to come to the middle. And that's problematic when we don't know where we started and we don't know where the other side is. And so we don't know where the middle is. Exactly. And then we have a long, long history of lack of communication. We have, you know, we have to think about things like, Marriage used to be that the woman was sold like chattel to a man to increase his wealth. Well, you have to think about all the things that have happened in the human psyche that have come to this place, That's right? right? Mm -hmm. And so you and have, that gets embedded in us, right, Doctor? Yes, yes. It's way generationally. It, yes, mm -hmm. it's generationally encultured. And so it's not a simple fix. This is the beginning of more awareness. I mean I was around in the feminist movement, and it was not a man-hating movement. It was like, we women want a voice, too. That's what feminism is about, mm -hmm. equality. Mm -hmm. And so look how long that's been going on right. and that conversation. And so we can't hope that this conversation is going to be a short and quick one. But what's important is to... Get interested in each other and recognize that each is an individual. Don't be tarring the person in front of you with the brush of the person who raised you, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned hijackles. Hijackles aren't interested at all. They're not listening to the news um, except to get some kind of permission to continue to give their permission to their dark side to come out, which is what's on the news most of the time now. Um, so they're not 
getting the message as, that is a mediated message. You know, even uh, our president came out and said, well, you know, this is really scary for men. Men should be scared and this is not fair, right? Well, hey, hey uh, <laughs> let me tell you, I mean, a hijackle will talk about fairness till the cows come home. Right. And so... This is a message that we need to mediate. We need to be talking with opposite sex about this wonderful opening that's happened in our communication. Women have been used, right? Men have been used for being providers. Mm -hmm. Women have been used for sexual objects and gratification. We've all been used, and we now recognize Mm -hmm. that neither of us should be an object. We should not be used. The roles are no longer written in stone. There's no reason why each couple cannot decide and agree on how things are going to be and have that be perfect for them. And we can't be putting each other down with broad strokes and whitewashes, right? Mm -hmm. And painting people into corners. But we also can't be sitting back saying, oh, well, that doesn't matter. Boys will be boys. No, they won't be. We've, we've, that's over, right? right? These are human mm-hmm. beings interacting with other human beings. Some of them come with differing body parts. Both come with a mind. Each is a little bit differently hardwired. And we need to be interested in each other. You know, as we were talking about what to do for your little one, the same thing is true in a relationship. Never give your partner the remains of the day, the leftover you, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, we have to do that on a work day. Perhaps we come home, we manage things, we fall into bed. But always make sure that you have time to communicate, that you're not busy, 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 like we're going here, we're going there, we're going there. We have better relationships with our cars and our computers than we have with each other. Make sure that you have time every day to communicate and just ask the question, An extended question. Don't say, well, how are you? Say, how do you feel about who you were today? Or how do you feel you interacted with the world today? Ask a deeper question. Get a deeper level of communication. And then we can become interested in each other as human beings and not Mm -hmm. be seeing... You know, physical differences. One of the big different problems with our world is this fixation on physical differences, whether right. it's color of our skin, the shape of our eyes, our genitalia, whatever it is. It doesn't matter because we all bleed the same. Right. We're all the same. So yes. become interested in who another person is, not how they look. And oh, don't man. make assumptions about them. Mm-hmm. That's similar to saying, you know, recognize um, the divinity in every human being because we're all connected. And if you start looking at the world that way, your world gets better instantly. It takes time. But if you start to recognize that, we all come from the same source, so we all are connected. Um, Let's take this to work because a lot of really hijackly behavior comes out at work. Um, I'll I'll give you a personal example. I... uh, uh, long career in advertising, and then I was—it's uh, like being a baseball manager. You're at the top of your game, and then you're—you're you're not doing it. So I went for a uh, a new job, and um, I came in as a consultant, and um, I got the lay of the land for this ad agency I was at, and I was like, wow! I noticed that I sat outside the CEO's door, 
initially as a consultant and I was there to put together the marketing and help them win new business. And everybody who went into the CEO's office would go in individually and they'd come out and they'd have a big smile on their face. And they were all had everybody who came out with a different piece of information. I started to put it together as they were getting what they wanted to hear. Yet the environment in terms of the employees and senior level management dealing with each other was uh, like a uh, like a shooting range. Everybody was taking shots at each other. And but there was only these one on one um, communications going on. So I sat back and did my work and ducked and made sure I stayed out of the line of fire. And I became uh, the chief marketing officer. And then I won some new business. And I said, I'll run those accounts. And then eventually enough people shot each other that I became president of the agency. But it was the most hijackly environment I've ever been in because everybody was pitted against each other. And I'm sure many people, particularly in smaller organizations, you see this right in front of you. So un unpack, please, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's say this um, to begin with. There is such a thing as healthy narcissism. It, it's what allows you to move forward. It's allow you to believe that you can do something when odds are against you. It's the ability to see what other people don't see and be able to be creative. So healthy narcissism, whether that's in the creative world, whether that's um, in the political world, you wherever need, it is, it, right? you need some of it to really get ahead. So many times a person will have your experience, but in the reverse, uh -huh. which is, you know, I was speaking a couple of years ago at the California HR conference and someone put their hand up and said, well, what happens to hijackals in the workplace? <laughs> and I said, brace yourself. Mm -hmm. They get promoted. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because they... The one department doesn't want them, so they give them a lateral or a vertical move, and they're like reverse pinballs. Instead of going up to the top and coming down, they slowly get pushed That's all true. the way up to the I've top. Everybody wants rid of them, so by default, they end up in the top of the pile. So that's a problem. Because now they're in the position of power. Remember, hijackals will scavenge for power, status, and control. So, hey, the trifecta, I made it to the top of the pile by being my horrible self. And I hurt lots of people, and uh, I don't care. But that's unhealthy narcissism, right? Mm -hmm. That is, I have to rule the roost. And un a person with unhealthy narcissism, whether they're able to be diagnosed with um, narcissistic personality disorder or not, is not your problem. It's dealing with the patterns, traits, and behaviors, the cycles that they go through, seeing them. And I have a free ebook called How to Spot a Hijackal at hijackals.com. So if right. you're wondering, okay. mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you can find out there. But what happens to them is that in the workplace, they are constantly looking for power over someone. So yes. if that's taking credit for something they didn't do in a meeting and walking out with the credit, that's a big one. They will do that. And if other people don't have the assertive skills to talk among themselves and go and say, all right, we all agree, that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. That would be a healthy workplace. You know, I've been a consultant in many places, as you have. And and so you walk in and say, okay, I can see the picture here. This person's taking credit. Everybody's in resentment. Nobody's right. speaking up. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. 
other things they will do, you know, it can be as simple. There are covert and overt hijackles. So a covert hijackle will eat everybody's lunch in the fridge, you know. <laughs> and then they'll say, well, you know, are you begrudging me my food? I, I didn't have anything, right? And it'll, ever, it'll always be your fault. So in the workplace, that works brilliantly for a hijackle because they're going to twist everything to be your fault. And then you're left confused, like, was it my fault? Did I make a mistake? And they gaslight you. They paint a picture of your reality that you didn't live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they tell you you're wrong about your own reality. And that's gaslighting. You know, it comes from that old movie from the 40s. And so they will do that repeatedly. And they will also twist what you say Maybe just six degrees. It's not. It's six degrees of separation from truth, not from another human being, right? So they will just tell the story a little bit differently, and then people don't feel like they should correct them because it's not that far off. And then pretty soon they've told the story 100% another way in their favor, right? These things happen. Also, hijackles don't listen. They're not the least bit interested. They never have a problem. Nothing is their fault. They're not responsible for anything, and they're definitely not accountable. So silly you for thinking any of those things would be true of them and want to talk to them like a rational human being because they do not have any fault. They will not see any fault, and we have to have some compassion. Don't condone or enable the behaviors, but have a little compassion. They didn't come into the world deciding to behave that way. This was learned behavior. This is their fragility. They are fragile human beings who must believe that they're the smartest person in any room. Otherwise, they'd shatter. So they do not allow you to, for one moment, suggest they have a flaw. So you can see how that plays out at work. Because people give in to them rather than fight with them. Exactly. Right. They don't challenge them when they're they make a mistake or when they do something because they don't want the fallout of it. They don't want to be hearing that the story got twisted and now they're being accused of something that never happened. So they leave them alone. And that's how the reverse pinball effect happens. Mm -hmm. I found, doctor, that um, kind of the anecdote is particularly if you're in a smaller uh, environment, you know, 100 people or less. And um, if you look at if you look at the environment that how do I attach myself to revenue and do your work, be aware of the politics, be aware of the hijackles, but tie yourself to the revenue, bring bring something to the bottom line, pay for yourself, particularly if you're a senior level person. I mean, I was an executive vice president at a couple of different agencies. Then I was out and I realized to get back in, I had to get into basically a sales mode and bring in new business. But what that did, it taught me that, yes, you have to roll up your sleeves. How, mm-hmm. What's that fine line where you, you need to do your job, but you need to be aware of the hijackles, but you don't want to give them too much of your energy because it's going to get in the way of doing your job. Okay, well, they're going to make they're going to make it their business to get in your way. Yes. So that's a very very good yes. question. You know, and Robert, I have some experience with this. I was acting yeah, general manager of a media company yeah. down on Hudson in yep, Manhattan. Yep. <laughs> I remember um, you mentioned that. Yep. Yeah, so you you're aware of how this plays. Yes, I am. Media. Yes, yes, and you know the in office stuff was ugly, but I understood how that hijackle could be effective. 
for the company because they were kind of ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So they weren't winning us any customers, but they were great at dealing with um, really uh, strong places where they had to come in and and just lord it over somebody. And and when we had somebody that that would work with, that could <laughs> that was all right. Um, and you know, hijackles have to eat too. So I was reluctant to fire the major one. Um, did in the end, but because it, too much time was being spent in the office trying to deal with this person, and we're mm-hmm. better off having a little less revenue for a right. while, and you know, having mm-hmm. a little more peace, sure. so everybody could work. But you know, this is—it's—it's such a difficult situation when you are with somebody in a small office, and there is one person that everybody has to work around. Right. And so, yes, of course, make yourself invaluable to the company. But if the CEO is a hijackal, you will never be recognized for doing that. What you'll be recognized for is being like the hijackal. They like people who are like them and they want people to be loyal. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the very, very uh, conflicting thing about a hijackal is they demand loyalty, yet they're loyal to no one. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> sounds <laughs> like sounds like somebody in charge. A lot like it. Um, <laughs> so you know that is the way they they go. So in a small company, maybe you have ten, twelve people, and there is going to be a hijackal who is looking for you to side with them. Well, you can learn to do things like say this invaluable phrase. Because it could be genuine and true on some level on some planet far away. When they say something, you simply say, huh, you could be right and walk away. (laughs) I love it. It's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Let's uh, touch on one more subject and uh, then we'll wrap. But there's so much more here. But you talk about uh, you have another area, Kazen for Couples, Smart Steps to Save, Sustain and Strengthen Your Relationships. What, What exactly is Kazen? Kaizen. Kaizen. Okay. Yeah. Kaizen. No, no. How would you know? It's a Japanese (laughs) word. Uh, Kaizen is something that comes from uh, the industrial world. And it was um, a a term that was created when Edward Deming was uh, in doing his process in Toyota Mm -hmm. in Japan. And what it means is small, positive, incremental change. Okay. And that's the way we are best addressing things that go on in our primary relationships. Small, positive, incremental change. What we tried, we we get so fed up, we get so frustrated that we try and go, everything has to change. <laughs> and so we're, you know, let me tell you this, Robert, a little known fact that the research shows that a couple has the same problem for six years before they get help or divorce. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not surprised. Years. I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Now, l- l- let me just put this in here. Do you, do you pull your own teeth? Of course not. No. Do you um, argue your own cases in court? Uh, in the court of uh, man. Not, I'm not an official attorney, but right. yeah. I so, represent so, myself. All right. So you know that if you have a toothache, you go to a dentist. If you have a legal case, you, you go, go to, to an attorney. attorney. Right. Okay. Why ever is it 
that when you have a relationship problem, you don't go to a relationship consultant or a therapist or whatever with, you don't feel any shame when you go to an attorney or a dentist. Go to someone who makes it their life work of one thing that you need. (laughs) So... In primary relationships, with this research that you'll have the problem for six years before you get help or divorce, why not learn to catch these things early and say, okay, I love you. In this way, we're not getting along. Let's go and get the fix for that little piece. Incorporate it. Now something else comes up a year or two later. Let's get a fix for that. Now we're building a rich, committed way to have emotional intimacy that we both are invested in the relationship yes let's fix that yes let's get a better skill let's get an outside opinion let's find out what's happening and let's enrich our relationship by learning what to do about it and that's what kaizen for couples is all about got it fantastic um Dr. Shaler, uh, tell us a little bit about your 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 practice is, is in Southern California. You are in Del Mar, is it? No, I'm in I'm in San Diego in San, Diego. San Marcos. But San no, Marcos. I, okay. I I don't have a practice anymore. I do not have an office for twelve years. I had a twelve hundred square foot office. All kinds of wonderful things happening. But my clients are all over the world, so I okay. do it by video conferencing. So geography is not an issue. Okay. And wherever you are, you can get my help. So uh-huh. yes, that's Tell us what about I do. Wh- where you, how people get in touch with you, how they can get your books. Just highlight sure. whatever you need to highlight. Sure, you can find everything that you need to know about me and more at forrelationshiphelp.com. F O R relationship H E L P dot com. I also have a YouTube channel by the same name, For Relationship Help. And on there, every Monday night at 6 o'clock, I have a weekly live stream on YouTube where you can chat with me in the chat and I will answer your questions. Also, if you're ready to work with me, you can go and an initial consultation is $97 for the first hour. And you get that at forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. And the other thing, Robert, is my membership program. If you're not ready to work with me directly, you can still have my input because many people who work who are in relationship with hijackals in a primary relationship, the hijackal has taken off with the funds. Whether you know they have made the funds unavailable. So I wanted a membership program to give people a safe place off Facebook, off social media, to have those conversations that many people have there. So I have a membership program. You'll find it at forrelationshiphelp.com slash circles. Uh, there are several levels of membership, and they're called the optimized circles. And believe me, I've made it easy for you because to Mm -hmm. get in dialogue with me and to receive my 21 steps to empowering emotional savvy is only $5 a month. Wow. So so for relationshiphelp.com slash circles, get the help there. I answer questions in there all the time. So that's a great place to be. So no matter what kind of relationship help you need, you're going to find me at for relationship help. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Shaler. And uh, I did want to mention that you were uh, in the San Diego area because we're on KCAA. So, uh, But anybody can check you out from anywhere in the world. So that's fantastic. So great job. 
fantastic information. I'm sure you've helped. You've helped me. I hope you've helped our listeners out a lot also. And I hope you can come back to the show and do it again because there's so much more ground we can cover to help people out. Yes, and you ask great questions, Robert. So thank you. I'd love to continue the conversation. Fantastic. Okay, great. All right. This is uh, Robert Manny, Guys Guys Radio. Our special guest has been Dr. Roberta Shaler. And um, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Thanks. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. Wow, that was a very informative and interesting discussion with Dr. Shaler. I hope you enjoyed it and learned as much as I did along the way. You know, I've done 345 almost uh, podcasts and shows, and uh, I'm getting a free education along the way, and I hope you are also. It's really fantastic to learn about what's going on out there, getting some new ideas from different guests, things to consider, answers to seek. And like I always say, the best place to seek answers is is inside. Sometimes we need to really slow down and listen to get there. When dealing with these difficult, uh, toxic people that Dr. Shaler was talking about, whether it be work, relationships, or in family life, a couple of things to keep in mind. One, I think we need to have compassion. Uh, for other people as much as possible. And some people are just downright annoying or manipulative or they're out to get you. So it's hard to have compassion for those types of people, but you can do it. Remember that we all come from the same source. There's divinity in everything on earth because if we were all created from a universal consciousness, God, if you will, then we have a little bit of that in all of us and everything. So try to keep that in mind. Uh, Don't overreact. When you can come back, live, uh, make your decisions from a heart standpoint instead of always a brain logical standpoint, it, it can help. So this is Guys Guys Radio, the place where men and women can be at their best so everyone wins. It all started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. You can buy the book on Amazon or any of the e-tailers. You can get a physical copy or digital copy, ebook. My blog is at robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I dot com. Got over 300 blog posts on a variety of different topics, everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And as I mentioned, we've got over 300 and I think we're about at number 345 in terms of uh, podcasts or radio shows. And they're all uh, housed on iTunes. Uh, and you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you want to help out, buy the book or rate uh, rate us on iTunes. That, that makes a big difference. We're also on, uh, besides KCAA Radio Live, on Wednesdays between 8 and 9 p.m. We're also on KCA Radio Streaming, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and as I mentioned, Stitcher. Tune in. The website's robertmanny.com. The name of the book is The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. I love doing this show. I love bringing my guests out here. I love uh, offering new ideas and new things to consider for everybody so you can have the most fulfilling, best lives, men and women. And I think all of us need to be open-minded and all of us need to give each other a break as much as we can. So that's our show. We're going to be back next week. Thanks so much. As I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. (laughs) 